Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Bros. It is Tuesday, Tuesday, November 20th. You are listening to yours truly, Mark Hogan. Uh, Joined with my co-host here, Derek Randall, for an exciting Thanksgiving edition of the Fantasy Football Bros. Glad to be back. I am glad to have you back, man. It's been a long time. What is this, four weeks now? Derek? You there? Yep. Okay, did you hear me? Yep. All right, good deal. Yeah, I was just saying, man, it's been a while. It's been it's been a long time since you've been back to the show. Yeah, so I think I've been out for about three weeks, I want to say. So definitely been out of commission, been trying to listen uh, in my absence. And the show has gone a bunch of different directions since it's been <laughs> on, so I'm glad to, glad to get it back on track here and – uh, probably simplify and condense the episodes as well. But, you know, really excited to reconnect, obviously, and uh, continue conversation. What's really an exciting time at this point for the fantasy football season. Yeah, man. Things, uh, things were a little different when you were gone. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was an episode with Jack, which went pretty well, and then followed by a non-existent episode for the following week dennis and i started to record and then things had to be canceled and then we never met on track and it just became too much of a hassle followed by last week's debacle of uh the three-man show with me caleb and jimmy and um that was interesting (laughs) yeah 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 we'll uh we'll get into that here uh in a couple minutes and address a couple things from some of the past couple episodes as well uh, but just to set the agenda here, so we're going to go ahead and recap everything that happened last week, uh, really just uh, in a real quick, uh, probably two-minute recap. Uh, then after, really just talk about over the last three weeks, kind of the way the league is shaped out and the way the playoff picture is shaped out, and thereafter address all of the upcoming matchups for the really exciting Thanksgiving slate on Thursday, but Thanksgiving week, including Sunday and the Monday night game as well. So should be a lot of fun here. Excited to go ahead and get started. So let's go ahead and, and look at uh, all of our matchups here from this past week and just break down what uh, everything that happened here. Yeah, man. Um, there, there really weren't too many upsets like at all, if any. Not too many upsets, but um, so me and Lennon had a pretty big matchup, at least for us. Uh, really, out my back's against the wall, so this was a must-win for me, and Tyreek Hill came up in a, in a big way, uh, which was really expected, but, uh, you know, he performed and put up more points than, I mean, really, that just that, that game in general last night no. was pretty unbelievable i mean if anyone that's listening didn't get to watch that game i would try and find a way to just go and watch the whole game because i just had an appreciation like it honestly like even even the chiefs who lost um they should feel pretty good about their team moving forward and uh just overall like that was an all-time classic so really enjoyed watching that and more importantly watching Tyree kill just completely go bonkers so <laughs> that was fantastic and saw that you lost so we you and I are in a pretty interesting spot here we're pretty much duking it out for that last playoff spot I would venture to say uh yeah yeah pretty much I mean 
this has been a really bad season for you and me. I mean, this is yeah. four and seven is not our norm. Usually we're in the top four like every year. So this is pretty strange to have teams that have been so bad. Well, and then when you look at the points that we've put up, though, like we really haven't been playing like our teams really like haven't been playing that bad. Like we're both above 1500 points forced. Um, and, you know, I mean, just to put into perspective, Andres, you have seven more points than Andres, and I have, you know, eight less points than Andres, and he is third in the league at eight and three, yeah. and you and I are four and seven. So I think you and I have been fairly just unlucky with our matchups. Um, it's, it's really been an interesting year because I think, you know, you could even say that all the way – I mean, Carl is has 1387 and Caleb has, you know, 1333, 50 less points. And Caleb has three more wins than even Carl in last place. So um, really just kind of interesting the way that the league has been playing out here. Yeah, I mean, it, it just shows the unpredictability of fantasy football. <laughs> you and I, I feel like have been doing pretty good with our points scored. Yet here we are sitting grasping for those last playoff spots. Yep. Yep. I think, um, and just looking at some of the other matchups, though, you know, Jack's team has been rolling. We've been talking about it all season. He's really in a good spot. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it really just takes like an unlucky week for him in the playoffs. Otherwise, he's he's the team to beat. I know Tackett has, and I mean, in my opinion, Tackett has a better record. Um, but he, I feel like there are some holes in his lineup and he, his team does have the capability of putting up some duds. So I think Jack is really the team to beat with, um, with Tackett being maybe that team that, that falters in like the first round kind of thing. But Agreed. I mean, it just goes to show like, you know, especially when you have eight teams in the playoffs, anything can really happen. Yeah. I mean, year in and year out, we see a top seed lose to one of the bottom two seeds. Uh, almost every year I think that's happened. So I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen again. And lastly, I think this was the biggest matchup and the biggest swing, but Dennison and Jimmy, yes. uh, 148 to 134, close matchup, uh, and really one that mattered, had a lot of playoff implications, puts Dennison in a really good spot, puts Jimmy in a vulnerable spot moving forward. It really uh, sucked. And then, what's that? It really sucked. Um it's pulling for Jim because I faced Dennison this week. And if he would have lost and then lost to me, that could have bumped him out of the playoffs. But he etched yeah. out a win with Jared Goff's ridiculous just part in that game and um, yeah. probably secured himself a playoff spot. Let's just look at upcoming schedules here. So I want to look at um, – let's look at Dennison's first. So Dennison has you and he's got Carl. I would venture to say, I mean, this is your – you have to win. Me and you are yep. both – we both have to win. Um, I and, and we'll get into the matchup between you and him, but just looking at his schedule, as if he beats you, he's good. Like, I, I don't see him losing to Carl. That would be a su surprise if so. And if we look at Jimmy's schedule here, he's got Caleb and Tackett. Caleb's team is scrappy. Um you know, he's made some interesting moves, uh, yes. but I, he's still like it. I, I think we it, that's why it's increasingly frustrating for someone like you and me, where we have like 150 
plus points more than him. And we have the same exact record than him. And it was very frustrating for me last week to, to end up losing to him and, um, you know, pretty much kicking myself. I also probably didn't put in as much attention that I should have going to use that as an excuse, even though it shouldn't, I really shouldn't be using that as an excuse, but it's a pretty good excuse. <laughs> it's a good excuse, but from a fantasy football standpoint, how much work do you really have to put in to beat Caleb's team? So um, <laughs> it's a good excuse, but it's not. So we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking at, I think there was one other schedule that I wanted to highlight here. Yeah, Nate. Nate's huge. Yeah. Because um, he could drop out, and he plays Lennon this coming week, which is huge for both of them. Um, yeah. Yep. And then he finished off against, let's see, uh, you. You could take his playoff spot. Yeah, that's going to be – I think you and Jack were talking about a couple weeks ago. Jack basically just said, I'm not going to make the playoffs because – fuck me like that that was basically what he said um which whatever <laughs> fine with uh but yeah i i agree with him in the sense that me and nate's matchup is likely going to have some of the biggest playoff implications here um why am i not finding his team nate's nate's jay gordon graham yeah yeah uh so he's got lennon and me so i mean all hell breaks loose if lennon beats uh nate this week so that's going to be interesting to see as well. Because um, then you're going to basically have, like, for those last, I think, two actually playoff spots, you're going to have, like, virtually, like, six teams fighting for those last two spots. Um, and what's Jimmy's record again? Jimmy's five and six, so Jimmy could yep. be in the same spot. And Jimmy plays... Tackett in week 13. Yeah, Tackett in week 13... And he's got Caleb this week. So, I mean, if Caleb beat Jimmy and Nate lost to Lennon, like, you literally have more than half the league fighting for, the, for like, the last three playoff spots of the, yep. of the playoffs there. So, that's interesting. Um, I don't and, remember a time in this league where we're this late in the season and so many teams are gripping for those playoff spots. Like, usually at least five of them are locked up by now. I think it's a testament to just everyone um, and maybe the podcast has, has an impact on it a little bit, but just everyone paying full attention throughout the year, uh, everyone not having a completely terrible draft and uh, just staying attentive. So I think that it's really just a testament to everyone, you know, continuing to stay engaged and participate and um, stay up with it. And maybe that's, that's from you know maybe the podcast has a little bit of influence on that as well yeah we can only hope right <laughs> exactly so we'll we'll skip uh obviously waiver wire because it's tuesday um but before we get into uh before we get into previews matchup previews just want to take uh take do a little fun uh just kind of cheesy uh exercise here and Maybe people can submit some voicemails over the next couple of days when they listen to this uh, and, and throw in uh, their their feedback. And I'm dropping a bomb on you here because uh, I haven't prepped you on this here, Derek. But uh, how about you just list your favorite Thanksgiving dish in light of the Thanksgiving day on Thursday? Ooh, uh, cornbread. Easy. All right. Now you got to give a reason as to why. Well, 
I don't really know. I like corn. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not a huge turkey fan and I don't like stuffing. It comes down to process of elimination. I honestly don't like a lot of Thanksgiving food. It just comes down wow. to, to really liking that cornbread. And I, wow. my aunt makes it and it's nice and creamy and it tastes good. Like not like too creamy, you know what I mean? But it's yeah, it should be. Well, wait, I have a, I have a hard time wrapping my head around this because I was just about to say stuffing. Um, and I can probably give a number of different reasons, but I think the main reason is just you can, I feel like stuffing, you just like, like Turkey, like Turkey's great, but like the Turkey that tastes better than others where like stuffing is is just consistently good throughout. (laughs) I'm very surprised that you don't like stuffing though. Yeah. All my life. I've hated American. I don't know why I've, I've just never liked it. Oh man. There might be some massive, massive backlash. Hopefully, a uh, number of voicemails are submitted supporting stuffing. We may may have to like do like some sort of poll or something of the league. Maybe yes. Post it on what favorite dishes people like, and I would venture to say stu- stuffing has to be a finalist. Hmm. Maybe maybe, it, we, maybe we can do a little competition: stuffing or cornbread. Yeah, stuffing will probably win. I don't know. If, do, do you eat cornbread at your Thanksgiving? Well, that was just weird. Yep, not sure what happened there, but yeah, I um, I'm actually eating cornbread tonight. I don't know if I will be um, eating it on Thanksgiving Day, but I, I feel like that's a, that is a normal Thanksgiving meal or normal Thanksgiving side. Um, so yeah, I mean that I, I'm 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 not a picky eater though, so I'll pretty much eat anything that's put in front of me as long as it's you know, <laughs> relatively uh, normal. So. All right, so let's let's go ahead and and move on from that and really just hit in on our our previews here. So we've got some we've got a big big week here. Uh, let's go ahead and first look at. I'm just gonna go go through it here. So week twelve. So uh, let's hit on. I'm gonna hit on Jimmy and Caleb here first. Uh, just looking at the matchup, Jimmy is heavily favored because Caleb has Chiefs defense on a bye, although that might be a blessing in disguise. Um, Jimmy's in a good spot, though. He's got Tom Brady going against the Jets and Deshaun Watson going against the Titans. So uh, just in first glance, I feel pretty good about Jimmy's team winning this matchup, which would uh, pretty much bury Caleb. I don't know, man. Any anything can happen with Caleb's team. It's predictable. Um, I think he needs to put Adam Humphreys in his lineup, definitely. And if he does that, puts him in over Snead, he's got a chance. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Snead is not someone very reliable. Uh, Humphreys is a little bit more consistent. I got to imagine Caleb's going to be working the waiver wire. Um, just given uh, the state of his team uh, with his defense being on a bye, um, unless he feels good about plugging in Cincinnati defense against Cleveland. Uh, I will say this, Caleb, Cincinnati's defense historically is one of the worst defenses of all time this year. I'm not sure if anyone (laughs) noticed that, but the numbers that they have allowed and given up have literally been one of the worst of all time, literally. Um, so, but then maybe that changes against Cleveland, and that would be a good correlation play considering Jimmy is starting Chubb. 
However, very risky because if it goes the other way and Chubb runs all over uh, Cincinnati's defense, um, that's pretty much the dagger in the heart there. Yeah, and let's take a second here to realize that Caleb's been rocking Graham Gano as his kicker for the majority of the year, and he is one of the worst kickers in the NFL in terms of fantasy production. I'm not really sure what he's doing here. And Jimmy's got one of the best in Lutz, but I, I mean, I, I hate to overanalyze on kickers because kickers can any on any given week go out and put up a dud, on any given week go out and put up 17. So, you know, um, normally I would agree with you, but Lutz is averaging almost 12 points a game, and Gano is averaging about six and a half. <laughs> That's a pretty big difference. Yeah, I mean, Lutz is is much more reliable considering the offense that he's associated with. He's just going to get more scoring opportunities. Um, and Gano probably gets less because I would venture to say, and I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but Seattle's offense likely once they get in the red zone, they punch it in. So, or I'm sorry, uh, Carolina's offense, once they get in the red zone, they normally punch it in. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens there, but um, very interesting move. However, I got to say that trade that you made with Caleb, you gave up a lot for DeMarcus yeah. Adams. Why don't you talk, talk through us with the uh, the logic behind that trade there? Uh, I felt kind of desperate. Um, I really wanted Devontae Adams. I've been trying to get a trade worked out with Caleb for Devontae Adams for over a month now. And having him on the podcast last week, I feel like I was finally able to talk some sense into him that he needed to make a move to give himself a chance, but he wasn't budging. And the issue I ran into, honestly, is his work schedule. <laughs> he, <laughs> I, sent, I sent him an initial trade offer on Thursday that I think was uh, T.Y. and Trey Burton and Doug Martin, which looking at that, that's, that's not bad. That's pretty fair. And Caleb said – that he wanted Mark Ingram instead, and we didn't really get to talk about it. He just said, I'm going back to work. I'm not getting off until 11, and I'll send you that offer, and if you choose to accept, text me so I can change my lineup. And because Devontae Adams played Thursday night. Yeah. So I sat there pondering it for four and a half hours, and I knew I was giving up a lot. It was really me putting faith in Dalvin Cook holding up, which clearly was a poor choice. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I wanted Devontae Adams. And even though T.Y. had that massive game, Devontae is a consistent elite wide receiver one every single week. T.Y. hasn't come close to 36 and a half at all this year. I think it's kind of a fluke. And I would be pulling hairs out, deciding between Trey Burton and Eric Ebron every week. So I feel like that's a wash. And Mark Ingram, it's nice to have that depth. But – between him and Dalvin Cook, I feel like every week I would be stressing about that one too. So I just so, went for it. I'm going to be straight up here. I think you made a mistake. Uh, and, and my case is because, number one, Eric Ebron, now that Jack Doyle's healthy, his, his snap count goes down. He shares the snap count. Uh, they actually like to play three tight ends. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah. Uh, and even though Ebron's snap count went down, he still scored three touchdowns that first week. However, when your snap count goes down, you're not going to score three touchdowns every week. 
uh, and you're likely not going to score a touchdown every week at that point. So um, it would really have to be a replica of the Patriots offense of 2011 or whenever that was when they had Gronk and Aaron Fernandez. I don't think, which is what it's been to this point, pretty much. They they have modeled it around that, um, but you're essentially saying that Eric Ebron is going to have a better rest of the season on a shared snap count versus T.Y. Hilton, who is the bona fide number one receiver on that team. Uh, so I I disagree. You mean, with versus, who, mean versus Trey Burton? What's that? What do, What do you mean versus T.Y.? You're trading away T.Y. and sticking with Ebron, right? I meant I was trading Trey Burton away. Therefore, it meant no, I'm sticking. But that means that you're starting Eric Ebron now, right? Correct. That's what I'm saying. So you're saying that Eric Ebron is essentially going to be just as productive, if not more, than T.Y. Hilton for the rest of the season by trading away T.Y. and essentially starting Eric Ebron for the rest of the season. Uh, mm, not necessarily. That, not necessarily, like, okay, not necessarily, but the amount – what I'm saying is the amount that you gave up, you gave up Mark Ingram, who is a flex play uh, or a, a, a low-end RB2, right? Um, you also gave up a low-end wide receiver one, and you gave up a Trey Burton, you know. Um, I mean, you can't even say high-end or low-end in the tight end position because it's so volatile this year. But you can right, up starting tight end. A, a starting tight end um, for one of the best receivers in fantasy. So, like, you still got one of the best receivers um, you could possibly have on your team. However, I just think you gave up too much um, with giving up Ingram as well, especially considering, you know, your playoffs uh, push coming. So, it's a little hindsight now, considering Dalvin Cook, obviously. Um, but I, I was shocked when I saw the move, and I think you talked just a little too much sense into Caleb. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I knew from the second I before I even hit the deal, I was giving up too much. But it's that playoff push, and now is not the time to have depth. Now is the time to have a solid starting core, and I felt like. I felt like Trey Burton and Eric Ebron are about the same player. So I wasn't losing anything there. And Mark Ingram and Dalvin cook, you know, throw, flip a coin, whoever you play each week. And then I was just straight up upgrading at wide receiver. I, I just felt like that was the move for me. Plus it gave me the bench space to pick up Spencer Ware in case cream hunt goes down and Josh Adams, who I have been wanting to pick up for weeks, but our benches have been so slim that I haven't been able to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I don't. I think it. I think it obviously. I mean, obviously hurt you this week, but um, Devontae Adams is a good enough player where if he puts up a thirty-five spot, um, I'm sure he'll be happy about that. So uh, I, I think it. I I just hate putting the investing the rest of my season into Eric Ebron, but um, it's tight end position. And all the tight ends fucking suck this year, so I think it's kind of a moot point as well. Yeah, if anything, I made Caleb's team relevant which is frightening. What's that? I said, if anything, I made Caleb's team relevant again, Very which relevant. is frightening. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think the one, the one, I would argue the one thing that um, you did do was you increased your floor because, you know, I'm sure this is your frustration as well. He's a very volatile player. He can put up 
a 30 spot one week and a eight spot the next. So um, I think that's probably the one thing that, you know, you were looking for the most is raising the floor um, on your team. And I understand the justification by saying, Hey, there was people in free agency that I think could improve my team now and uh, potentially be players that I could throw on the starting lineup to replace. So I, I can, un- I can understand your justification. Yeah, it's it's a it's a risky move, but honestly, I'm beyond the point of being able to get the tattoo. So <laughs> I feel like you risk it all, yeah. Or or you you know you risk it all to win it, and there's no point in finishing in sixth place. <laughs> yep, yep. So just for clarification too, with the tattoo thing, so um, it's just regular season record, right? I'm Correct. Assuming? Okay. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Um, but just to make sure. Um, all right, cool. So, I mean, I, we went off on a big tangent there, but uh, sorry, overall, <laughs> it was a big trip. Yeah, that was, but I, I think it was something to, to discuss uh, thoroughly because that was a big time trade as well. Um, overall, though, just looking at Jimmy's team, he's got Robert Woods on a bye, and uh, Zeke Elliott is rolling. I would imagine uh, against Washington on Thanksgiving Day at home. Zeke Elliott's going to have another big one. I yep. just don't see how Jimmy loses this week unless all three. I mean, his receivers suck, though. So yep. uh, I see it right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah all, all three of those receivers could go under 10 points, and that's Jimmy losing. But, but uh, he's got Chicago defense against Detroit. He's got Will Lutz. He's got the Brady Gronk connection against the New York Jets, which they historically destroyed the Jets, and both of his running backs potentially could go off. So I could see all three of his receivers putting up 10 spots, but it doesn't matter because the rest of this team just lights it up. <sighs> I, th- I honestly think this one's a toss-up. I, I could seriously see it going either way because it's, it's Vikings versus Packers too. Kirk Cousins could go nuts. Yeah. I mean, Kirk Cousins could do well. Phillip Rivers could do well. Um, Tevin Coleman, I don't think does well. And Mark Ingram could do well. Um, And both of Caleb's receivers are probably, I mean, I can't really see Anthony Miller and Willie Sneed having great games. So I don't know. I I, I still think I give the advantage to Jimmy, uh, but it's a, a fairly close game. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Jimmy's got the advantage, but it's tight. Uh, big matchup moving on here to Tackett and Andres. So 10-1 and one versus 8-3. and three. This has got some serious playoff seeding implications. Uh, all right, so looking back uh, and the playoffs, uh, I think one the one notable here, and I don't, I don't, I didn't listen to everything last week, but I don't know if you guys talked about the trade at all. Uh, me moving Fournette over to Andres, um, you know, obviously Fournette goes off right after I trade him. I felt like I got pretty decent return though. When it's a full PPR, Fournette from a pass catching standpoint doesn't see a whole lot of action. Lamar Miller has a similar workload. Lamar Miller is obviously not as good as a player of a Fournette, uh, but I think that you know I had to roll the dice to complete my wide receiver three spot. And if AJ Green can come back, I mean a totally risky move, but if AJ Green comes back and 
is AJ Green, then I'm gonna I think I'm in a really good spot right around when the playoffs start. But uh, and just looking at this matchup, uh, I think that you know I pretty much handed over Julian Edelman for Sam Darnold. I'll be the first one to say I fucked up that <laughs> trade. Uh, I was totally adamant. I thought Darnold would be a top 15 quarterback. Clearly, that's not happening. And uh, Julian Edelman is that wide receiver three that I'm kind of looking for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Andres has a bunch of my old players, and I think that they're going to come in handy this week against, uh, against Tackett, which could actually work out for everyone here if Andres can upset Tackett. Yeah, um, I, I actually see that happening because I don't think Trubisky's going to play. So, yeah, I don't really know what Tackett's going to do there because he's got Mahomes on bye. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I could totally see this as an upset here. Yeah. I think this is the upset of the week. If if any week, I mean, you know, Andres has got nice matchups across the board. Golden Tate, you know, he finally got worked in uh, or started to get work in the other night. And, you know, I know Philly's offense completely didn't show up, but I think that's obviously more of a fluke than what's going to consistently happen. Uh, and I could see that Eagles-Giants game being a sneaky – kind of shoot out there Sunday afternoon. So it's the flukiest Super Bowl. <laughs> the the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. That's just yeah. And very interesting. I think they really showed how bad they are last week. It's like, like the that Ravens was, that one year. Yeah, exactly with Flacco. Yeah. 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 How, how do you feel about Baker Mayfield over Matt Stafford? Yep. Do it. <laughs> uh Stafford yeah, no, no, Stafford's not been good. And yeah, are they home or away in, on Thanksgiving? Stafford's at home. Detroit always plays at home on Thanksgiving. Um, oh, it's Chicago. They're playing, they're playing the Bears, man. Like, Stafford's just going to get – I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford got, like, hurt or something on, like, on Thursday. So Yeah, exactly. I could see that, too. Like, Khalil Mack. I don't know if you saw against the Vikings. He literally just with one hand – um, put the left tackle on his ass. Like he, it, it was just, um, really unbelievable what the what what Khalil Mack can do, and that Bears defense is just com- entirely rounding out here is the best defense in the league this year. So yeah, I think they're better than the Jags last year. Like it's crazy. Khalil they Mack a better run defense uh, than the Jags. Yeah, and Khalil Mack is just an absolute beast. Um, and those corners don't get enough respect either because they don't have interceptions. They don't get enough respect, but the completion percentage they're allowing is insane. Well, that Eddie Jackson guy, he's like a turnover machine. I think that was like, what is third touchdown of the year or maybe second, but that, I mean, I I feel like every time I see the Bears score a touchdown on defense, it's Eddie Jackson as the guy who's scoring. So he's not a corner, um, is he? What's that? Is he he, uh, a linebacker? I think he's like a like a nickelback kind of like I think he can kind of hybrid. He can kind of play both. Um, he's more of a safety from my understanding, but he, I think they move him around a lot. So yeah, he's been killing it. Uh, and I and when I look at Tackett's team here, uh, Ben Roethlisberger against the Broncos, I think he does well. Um, you said Trubisky is is in trouble for playing. If Trubisky doesn't play, Tackett, I think is screwed. Um. And, yeah. I mean, Jarvis Landry has been a letdown this year. Yeah, the coach said today he's pessimistic about Trubisky playing. 
Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Um, um, that's just a, I think that's a, that's due to the short week. I would argue that probably if you play, if Sunday came, he, he might have a much better shot at playing, but uh, because right. it's on a short week, that's, it's going to be interesting to see that game uh, and what happens. It's kind of like, you know, the Bears defense is really good, but if they don't have Trubisky, what are they going to look like kind of thing? So I'm kind of afraid that the Thanksgiving games are going to suck until the nightcap. <laughs> well, the, the Lions always have, like, every year the Lions have a really shitty game. Um, yep. The Cowboys and Eagles, that should be a fun one. Uh, Redskins. Um, or Cowboys and Redskins. However, I would imagine the Cowboys just blow them out. And then, but Sunday, or Thursday night is going to be, obviously, uh, a lot of fun. I think that the Saints, I mean, I, I uh, they must be the the uh, I, I'm sure the Falcons are the underdog because the Saints look like one of the best teams in the NFL right now. So that should be a fun game, though, and that's going to be the most interesting to watch. I think the Saints are the best team in the NFL. Man, I don't know how you just outright say it, though, with that Chiefs and, and Rams game last night. Because there's no defense. Yeah, they got defensive touchdowns, like, but they were kind of fluky. But you say there's no defense, and yeah, like most some of the most points scored in NFL history. But like those touchdowns were off of sack strips, like and and and, and pick sixes, like. And I hate agreeing with Booger McFarland because I think he's way too critical and um, he digs into people too much on a national broadcast, but. The one thing I will agree with him on is that it is really where the NFL is going in the sense that you have like you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who can run out of the pocket and gun it 50 yards downfield and hit a dime like you're I don't care how good of a defender you are like he's that that's going to still win every single time. And the other frustrating thing is. And the reason why it's such a high-scoring league is because of the flags that they throw in the defensive backfield on the defensive backs. I mean, how many times last night did we watch the game and we thought that the defense held one of the offenses up for one of the refs to have thrown a flag for a pass interference or defensive holding and get an automatic first down? So I think it's more a tribute to where the NFL is at these days and the number of flags that they throw in the defensive backfield than those defenses being truly bad. And, and, and again, that's why we saw, you know, three defensive touchdowns last night as well. I do agree that it's moved to an offensive game at this point. Defense isn't the huge part of it as it used to be. It's, it's not really 50, 50 effort anymore, but that was just bad coaching yesterday. I mean, why, why were there so few of rushes in that game? 14 yeah. for Kareem Hunt and like 12 for Todd Gurley. That's just, that's just bad coaching. Like I the know. Saints, the Saints don't do that. The Saints, they they work the clock to their advantage. They score every drive, whether you know, whether they milk eleven minutes off the clock or score in a minute and a half. They score every drive, and they have a defense that's good at committing turnovers, as well as holding teams out of the end zone when it counts. I just think they're a better team. Yeah, the Saints have holes in their defense as well. Like, I would argue that, you know, if you saw the Saints against either one of those teams last night, they probably were in, you know, it's probably still a high-scoring game. So um, We saw them face the Rams, and they beat the shit out of them. 
They did, they did, but I think that was more that was more fluky than than what would normally happen, in my opinion. Um, I would love to see a rematch, but I just think that, um, you know, Saints defense is good is decent too, but they can still get lit up because of the way that the rules are set up and the way that they throw flags these days. So, yeah, the best thing that could possibly happen for the NFL is an NFC Championship of the Saints and the Rams, and then a uh, Super Bowl of the Chiefs and the winner of that game. Like that, that, would be, that, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, that would be very fun to watch. Um, I think, and I think that that, prob- that there's a very high likelihood that does happen. So, um, yeah. All Unless right, for sake of time, let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to your matchup here. So you and Dennison, uh, this is a close matchup. What, what thoughts do you have here on uh, on going up against Denison on Thanksgiving? Well, the wandering albatross. <laughs> we uh we need some good things to happen here. It it's got me in the preview. It, it, that's kind of crazy. The preview has me favored in almost every statistic, yet still losing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's uh it's your defense that you're rolling out there. Oh yeah, I just I gotta pick up a new one. So that that's the difference is that you got – I mean, obviously, I, I can't imagine you starting Arizona's defense against the Chargers. I'm sure that was just a streaming play from last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you were to start Arizona defense, that's a direct correlation with the Chargers head-to-head matchup there. Um, but I doubt you're doing that. Um, when I look at this, though – I think Josh Adams definitely is appealing. Uh, Andrew Luck looks like the old Andrew Luck that we all know. And Devontae Adams uh, has actually got a pretty tough matchup this week. Uh, so when I when I look at Dennison's team across the board, uh, I feel like Dennison has the advantage. Yeah, I do too. Um, Deion Lewis has been super inconsistent and I really, really need him to not do anything this week. And the whole situation right now in Tampa Bay with the quarterbacks is absolutely idiotic. Uh, I can't believe Kurt Cutter still has his job. It's just so stupid. Uh, but there we are, Jameis Winston now starting again, which is infuriating. Um, so Dennison's going to roll with him against San Fran, which is a good matchup. I don't know. The, the biggest fear I have on his team is George Kittle. See, I'm scared of Traquan Smith um, because Mike Evans will probably put up some respectable numbers regardless. James Conner is going to have a great day, in my opinion, against the uh, soft Denver run defense. If Traquan Smith goes out there and does what he did last week, like – that's that's gonna be hard to come back. Not to mention Doug Baldwin is back to being Doug Baldwin again, just a, at just the right time for for this matchup here. So, yeah, this is huge. Um, if he beats me, I'm gonna have a tough t- time making the playoffs. I would just, if I were you, in looking at Allen Robinson, I mean, yeah, I don't like, think I'm gonna play him. You kind of have to hope that. Like, I mean, I don't know uh, if you started Chris Godwin over Allen Robinson, but that's still like a that's that's a really risky move considering he has Jameis. Um, but if Jameis hits only Chris Godwin and not Mike Evans, that could really work in your favor as well. 
Um, so that's going to be, I think that's your biggest spot right there. You don't, I don't think you really mess with your running backs. Um, you got Kareem Hunt on a bye. This is, I mean, this is your do or die. You have to get through this week. And um, when I'm looking at it, that Allen Robinson play is probably going to be your biggest decision outside of just finding a defense that you can stream that um, potentially could put up some, like, 10 points for you. Yeah, Allen Robinson's going to be a bad play because he's going up against Darius Slay, let alone the fact Trubisky is probably not going to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, there's no way in hell I'm starting Godwin. I, I just don't think I can do that. So I, I don't I actually don't know what I'm going to do. I had, thought I had more wide receiver depth, but I forgot that uh, I picked up Crabtree just in case he blew up and he sucks. So I'm going to drop him probably right now. Actually, You might have to you might either have to move Crabtree or where and give up your insurance with where um, nah, I'm doing. I'll drop. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm literally just going to drop him right now. All right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, the, the the best thing that could happen to you is Jameis Winston gets pulled after, like, the second quarter, um, <laughs> and, the, and the Buccaneers put up no points. Yeah. I mean, their defense has been looking better, and maybe Kyle Shanahan will be smart and just run the ball a ton on Tampa Bay and keep time of possession in his favor. That's what I have to hope for. Yeah, you got it. it's it's an uphill battle. It, it's doable, but Dennison's clearly the favorite in that matchup here. Yeah, I feel like every time Dennison and I face off, my team is looking at like the worst possible matchups it could be going into, and his team has like all top five position matchups. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way it works every time we play, and that's probably why I'm like one and nine against him the last three weeks. Well, I think I think you have a shot, but it's gonna be it's gonna be your moves that you make in the free agency. Um, and the moves that you make on your start sit is going to be crucial here. Um, but you're, you could literally be seeing two different positions that are, I mean, you literally are going to see two different positions in the free agency in your starting lineup this week. So pick wisely. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> uh, not that I have any ground to stand on because I'm in the same exact boat as you but so let's jump to you then <laughs> sure, why not we'll, we'll go to my matchup I'm playing Kuhar I can't believe my back is against the wall and I am worried about beating Kuhar on Thanksgiving um, so I am according to the projections I'm, I'm, the, I'm the underdog when I look at the matchup I mean Saquon is obviously just ridiculous but and he's got Julio as well. That's his core. I could see the rest of his team putting up duds. Uh, Corey Davis didn't look good last week. He's starting to come back down to reality. He had a couple good weeks there, but Corey Davis is just kind of inconsistent. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I have no idea what's going to happen with him. Uh, I would assume if Trubisky is out, that could probably hurt Tariq Cohen. Um, Andy Dalton is not good, so... When I look at the matchup and I look at my team, I got Melvin Gordon against Arizona. That's a potential smash spot. I got Lamar Miller going against Tennessee. That's not a smash spot, but I think it's a favorable matchup. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is that's a decent spot for that against Denver just because of how bad their run defense is and the amount of attention that Antonio Brown's going to get. Um I put Taylor Gabriel in there to begin with, but I'm probably going to have to find someone else to play over Taylor Gabriel. 
my hardest thing I'm trying to decide is in my OP spot because I got Eli Manning in there. Um, Philly's pass defense isn't that great. I'm probably going to roll with him, but I, for some reason, feel really inclined to play Theo Riddick. Uh, I know it's the Bears' defense, but with on Johnson likely out, I feel like Theo Riddick in a full PPR is vi- a viable option to go to. Any 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 thoughts on Theo Riddick as, uh, as a play? Yeah, I might trade for him. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm open to it uh i don't know what i would want from you but nope uh not anymore not yeah. given that situation i love godwin as a player for a long time but um and could have used him earlier this season but uh given that situation theoretic for chris godwin is not not a good trade for me uh, Tyreek Hill is on a bye, which hurts me, but A.J. Green potentially comes back on Sunday. So I might just take Taylor Gabriel out and, you know, not play anyone from these Thursday games into that spot. But I do have to make that decision. I'm really I'm really uh, leaning towards potentially playing Theo Riddick in Lamar Miller's spot and then maybe trying to make um, a decision on the difference between Lamar Miller and Eli Manning in my OP spot later this week. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Um, I like to do the same thing. Always lock in. If you have a a running back that's playing earlier than your OP, always lock in to the RP spots. Your OP has flexibility. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm probably, I mean, my tight ends are just shit, but I'm probably playing Njoku over Uzuma uh, just because Njoku has potential for more volume. Yeah, I honestly think you have this one. I, I feel pretty good about it. I think if A.J. Green plays, I'm in a really good spot um, because then I'll probably just do Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, and Calvin Ridley, um, Melvin Gordon, Russell Wilson, and then I have to figure out my other spots there. But I think I'm in a decent spot as long as Saquon doesn't, completely go off like he did last week and Julio yeah Julio's found the end zone is this three weeks in a row now yeah he's really he's really hitting his stride now so um I would imagine he goes he goes for a buck 50 with or without a touchdown the full PPR he's putting up like 20 points um just have to expect that from him in a full PPR yeah I I don't know man I I feel like you've got this one I I think I'm in a good spot. Um, right. We'll see. I think these projections are pretty off-centered. I don't agree with them. They're very favorable. Um, very favorable over to Kuhar here, but we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe the, maybe the projections on ESPN know something that we don't. All right. Yeah, like, like they ever have. <laughs> um, moving on to Carl and Jack, I really don't think we have to talk about this too much. I think Jack wins. Yes, and since we don't have anything to talk about here, uh, why don't we just talk about the two NFL and actually league notes. Let's hit on first. Jack traded for Joe Mixon. I'm assuming you saw that. Um, a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. I don't think anybody's talked about it yet. Um, but yeah, he traded uh, George Kittle, Duke Johnson, and Alshon Jeffrey for Joe Mixon. And it's worked out pretty well for both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'm surprised he got Mixon. Um, but, I mean, his team just has ridiculous depth. He made the move for DJ Moore. 
and you know right timing to go after a rookie wide receiver like just perfect timing with that I have DJ Moore in my keeper league uh and he balled out last week and I would expect more maybe not 25 point games or 30 point games but I would expect more startable games from DJ Moore moving forward so that's a really good move he actually tried trading me DJ Moore but he was I think he was trying to get like Melvin Gordon or something ridiculous like that so I said absolutely not I can't trade Melvin Gordon um but I think that it was, you know, T.J. Moore is still a great, a great addition to his team. I agree. Um, I don't feel confident in it every week, but this past week I felt really good about D.J. Moore. And I don't know if – I don't think he used him against me, thank God, but it didn't really matter. But, yeah, he's, he's a high upside play, and that's really all Jack cares about at this point. He's got Michael – Thomas, Amari Cooper, and Brandon Cooks is his core. So <laughs> it, it, his team's ridiculous. It's absolutely stacked. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Like even if Jack loses, he's fine. But like I, I think he's I think his team wins this week. Um especially considering <laughs> that Carl doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah. I mean Case Alex, Keenum, but he doesn't have he he doesn't have a viable quarterback on his team. No, and that's his his problem all year long. Like, literally, when you look at the devastation of Carl's team, all year long, his lack of production has come from the quarterback position. And it's just been like, it goes to show how devastating two quarterback leagues can be if you don't address them appropriately. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pay attention to it. Um, so, I don't think we really need to spend too much time on that. Um, well, did you see Alex Smith injury? What's that? Did you see Alex Smith just shatter his leg? Yeah. <laughs> And, and kind of like just I, unbelievably freaky and weird that it's like the same day and the same like kind of like injury and, um, and this, on the same team as like Joe Theismann. So, yeah, um, I heard it was even the exact same. Yes, the and the end score you're saying? No, the score at the time that it happened. And the and the final score of the game. Are you serious? Yeah, it was. It's just like freaky weird how that played out, but um, and was at the game. That's just frightening. Yeah. So uh, I, Carl's done. Um, feel bad for the Redskins, <laughs> but I, I yeah. do say that impacts Adrian Peterson's value moving forward. Um, looking back over um, at Jack's team. Uh, but the fact that he got Joe Mixon, like, perfect timing again. So, just everything is, like, working out for Jack this year. Well, he got Joe Mixon the exact same time that Aaron Jones just went off. Yeah. And, yeah, now now he has to choose between Mixon or Jones every week. So. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I guess that's a relatively tough call. Um, I think you go with Mixon and Gurley, though, moving forward, obviously. That you, you don't trade for Gurley or Mixon to not play him, but um, I would agree, but Jack, after talking to him as much as I do, really loves Aaron Jones. Really? He's been, yeah, he he has this desire to put him in his lineup every week. I feel like he's going to struggle to use Mixon. That's that's going to be a tough tough play between those two. I'd be curious to see if that come back comes back and he plays one over the other, and you know I, I can see that happening in the playoffs. Like he plays one over the other, and the one that he plays doesn't play as well as the other, and maybe that's the difference in him winning or losing a game. 
uh, it's kind of like hopeful thinking because the likelihood is me or you are playing him week one, but um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and actually, I just thought about it uh, looking at like his win streak because he just beat me, so it's only one. But he really screwed you and I over um, by not playing a defense against Jimmy two weeks ago. He was so confident in the win that he just didn't pick one up and lost to Jimmy by like, I don't even know, like five points. And uh, it doesn't affect him, but it really killed you and me. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Aaron Jones, uh, first week of the playoffs, plays Arizona. Joe Mixon, first week of the playoffs, plays Denver. So both of those are not good run defenses. Um, I can see him playing Aaron Jones over Joe Mixon, though. Yeah, I mean, and Joe Mixon has Oakland next week. Wait, wait, what were you looking at for week one for Joe Mixon? He's got the Chargers. Um. Oh, really? What did I see that he's yeah. playing Denver? Maybe I was looking at Aaron Jones or something. And I'm a week too early. Okay. Yeah. Um. Against the Chargers, so yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, Chargers week 14 for Mixon and Aaron Jones week 14 is Atlanta. So, my bad. Um, that's an interesting spot. I'm not sure what to do there. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what, we'll see what he does because I can't imagine him benching Gurley for either of those guys, obviously. Nah, no way. Unless Gurley's hurt. Something weird happened yesterday. Gurley's playing against Chicago. So, I don't know, man. Potential potential upset. Week one of the playoffs. You never know. Yeah, eight seed. Or actually, I guess it could be the seventh seed against him. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, all right, cool. So I think I think we got one more here. And then we'll wrap Jimmy. things up. So we already went there, right? Um no, I think we missed I think we got we need to do Lennon and Nate. That's yes. a pretty big matchup. Um and Nate is the is the favorite. When you look at Lennon's team, I could see Lennon's team playing well. Um, against Nate's team, I don't know if he can edge him out, though. I think this is actually a close matchup, and Lamar Jackson um, could be the best free, agent, free agency add down the stretch. Uh, or Joe Flacco could come back and it not matter. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't see them going back to Flacco though after the Ravens won. I mean, you have a you don't draft Lamar Jackson in the first round to not make the move towards him at a certain point, and I feel like that move was made this past week. Lamar did enough. They ran the ball extremely well, uh, and. I don't think they take Lamar out unless he loses. So I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. It was it was a really bad defense that he went up against, and true. they just had him run the ball the whole time. He never threw it, which a quarterback has to be able to throw. Um, so that that just seems like it, it seemed it seemed to me like he was a desperation desperation usage. They were going to do whatever it took to beat Cincinnati in that game using Lamar's skill set. But I really don't feel like they're prepared to go with him the rest of the way. I just don't think he's ready for that role. Yeah. I mean, 
But lo- like looking, yeah, that's true. Looking at the matchup though, like Kamara and Michelle against James White and Peyton, Bar- Peyton Barber, um, biggest thing that opens or sticks out to me is who's going to have the better game, Michelle or James White. So I think that has the biggest swing potential for this matchup here. Um, yeah, and if Carson Wentz uh, can actually not be terrible. I don't think he I will. Mean, I think that was just a one-week thing. I'll tell you what, he lost me a lot of money. It really sucked. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz, you suck. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Every DFS lineup. <laughs> how much, uh, how, you play a lot of DFS this past week? I, I did. I did more than usual. Um, a lot oh. more than usual. Yeah. And you probably played a lot of Carson Wentz, I'm assuming. Every lineup. Ouch. Yeah. You went, got a goose egg on whatever you did then. <laughs> um, yeah. I had a yeah. decent week. I actually, if so if Zach Ertz would have uh, showed up, he didn't even have to ball out, but if he just would have showed up and went like four for 75, um I would have won like five hundred dollars or a thousand, like right around there. Um, I was during the four o'clock games. I was two hundred fiftieth out of two hundred two thousand people in the um, in the four hundred thousand dollar FanDuel tournament, and I had Zach Ertz in my lineup, and he literally didn't do anything. So yeah. uh, I was really frustrated. I still ended up winning um, like a hundred bucks, but. Um, could have had a much better day if Zach Ertz would have just done something. So that yeah. was frustrating. Well, at least you ended up positive. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel your frustration though for just the missed potential in general. Yeah, he he just got me on all three fronts because I lost on DFS. I picked him up in a must-win situation in my work league and hoping for the upside, and he splattered. And now I missed the playoffs in that. And then I took the over on the Saints game, Saints and Eagles, and it missed by three points because he couldn't even get a garbage time touchdown. Yeah. So he sucks. That's <laughs> very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So enough about Carson Wentz. He's just yeah. annoying. I think just for that, um, I, I do think Nate's scheme is going to win, though. Um, I just think he's got enough firepower in his lineup that uh, he'll fit enough on his players across the board. Uh, to win this game, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, though. I think I think Camara is going to be the difference maker, and Michelle is going to have a better game than White. You you want to do a, a round two, <laughs> Michelle versus White? I think I was I was Team White round one, I believe, and I you, think I won you too. You did, you did win. Um, I yeah, in this round, I think I would take. It'd be close. I'm Team Michelle. I think I'm team Michelle too, just because of the game script. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as that. I think that they just, they run the ball well. They don't really need to use white a whole lot because they go up early. Um, I think Michelle is the better, the better week this week. So. Yeah. If the thing that uh, worries me about Nate's team is he's got a, like, I feel like he's double dipping when he shouldn't be on this New England Jets game because he's got Josh Gordon and Sonny Michelle. I feel like one's going to do great and the other one's not, uh, especially when Josh Gordon's going up against Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson should be back, and, and he's amazing. Yeah, I think that he's working off a little 
bit of recency bias and starting Gordon over Scant- Valdez Scantling. Um, I feel like Valdez Scantling, you know, he pissed off a lot of people last week, uh, including myself in my other league. However, uh, I still think Valdez Scantling does a, has a better day than Josh Gordon. Uh, really just due to the close game uh, with the Vikings. The Vikings don't cover that well out of the slot. Valdez Scantling plays out of the slot. I think that he has um, a bounce back week, and a lot of people don't play him because of recency bias. Hint, hint, DFS play for Sunday. (laughs) That's a good one. I like it. Um, Yeah, and I don't know if you heard Jack and I are referenced, but uh, we're calling Nate the new Ruxin of the league. (laughs) (laughs) That role used to be occupied by Dennison, but um, he is clearly our lineup tweaker of the year. He, every week, he's just like dropping, adding, adding, dropping, and changing his lineup like over and over and like picks up obscure names off the waiver wire and adds like, like holds on to players like Burkhead and puts them on IR. Like, (laughs) just the weirdest moves. Yeah. That's yeah, that's that's fair. I think that's a fair that's a fair label at this point. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> um, uh, I like how he has a backup plan though with Derek Carr over Lamar Jackson in case. Um, not that I expect a whole lot out of Derek Carr, but um, at least he's got some sort of backup plan just in case uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't play. So uh, Nate's team is set up decent, and I think this is the week that Lennon gets buried here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Lennon loses, and I think if you and I both win, then I, I think that means he's out. Yeah. So I think I think from what we talked about tonight, I think that um, Lennon loses. I feel like I'm gonna win. Um, even if you lose, you still might have a shot at that eight spot, uh, though. Even if all of that plays out, it'd be tough. You need other people to lose too, but. There's a shot. There's a shot. So, all right. Well, I think that that wraps everything up here. So, uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving to you, Derek. Uh, I know we're trying to sync up this week. I actually leave on Saturday. So, uh, um, we won't be able to hang out, even though I'm in the area, unless you are around at all on Friday. Um, Otherwise, if anyone else is in the Columbus area, hit me up. Maybe we can grab beers or something at some point on on Friday here. Um, yeah, what are your Thanksgiving uh, night plans, family? I'm assuming. Um. Yeah, I think so. I forget what I'm doing. Um. I'm bouncing back between one family and another. So. Okay. Um, definitely. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, if I have time to watch, like to get out to watch the game, um, let's let's be in contact. So, um, yes. that I think that'd be fun, and uh, you know, to be with a few other people that appreciate the game, other than like my family that probably is not as into it as I am. Um, that would be <laughs> nice to talk some football with. So, um, we'll see. I, I have to figure out what exactly I'm doing, but. Uh, maybe we get, you know, anyone else that's in Columbus and um, go out and grab some beers and watch that Saints-Falcons game. So I think that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone else. Uh, Feel free to submit some voicemails, messages on Turkey Day, uh, what your favorite uh, turkey dish is, any grievances, complaints, and what we talked about here tonight. 
and good luck here ahead of the week 12 Thanksgiving week. Yeah. And uh, feedback too. I've been thinking about the draft order way of picking it for next year. And I'm really liking the March madness selections. Oh yeah. I know that you you and Jimmy were kind of on that too. And if other people like gave their feedback, that'd be cool. I think, I think it's a great idea. And I think to make it really easy, we just have a pool with everyone in the league and whoever just submits the best bracket, like we just do it by order of who has the best bracket. So yeah, that's one too. Yeah. That's a way to do it. That, that's probably the easiest way um, just to not make things complicated, but curious to see if anyone else has any thoughts or input. I think I agree with the idea of maybe the last podcast of the year um, when championship week comes around we get that finalized and, and put that, you know, kind of, um, you know, in concrete as far as what our plan is for that. So uh, definitely please submit your opinions, thoughts on doing a March Madness, um, some, some sort of thing related with March Madness to determine the draft order for next year. All right, cool. All right, guys. Well, Great, uh, great getting back on board here. Nice to uh, get a, uh, a nice structured uh, podcast episode going again and looking forward to <laughs> another one next week. Uh, peace out for the fantasy football bros.